Every single time Hunter wakes up from a nap these days, he's asking for a snack and it's usually a fruit snack. And I used to say heck no to all kinds of fruit snacks and goodies like that because I hated all of the artificial dyes, harmful ingredients, and the ridiculous amount of sugar that they have. And while I still am a big proponent in not having all of those things all the time, I find so much hope in knowing that Thrive Market has me covered and has Hunter covered for not just all of those sweet fun treats, but also other essentials while keeping him safe and healthy. And it's honestly become a fun little tradition for Michael and I to sit down and pick out our Thrive Market order. They're so amazing and such our go-to for delicious snacks and pantry essentials and so much more. Their app is so easy to use and everything is delivered to our doorstep in a matter of days, which drastically reduces my stress level because making time to go to the grocery store is my least favorite thing to do. Plus, I'm obsessed with their standards. They restrict literally 1,000 plus harmful ingredients and they only allow the most trusted ingredients for you. I mean, even last order, I saved $20 and got an incredible deal on the poppy probiotic sodas that I love. Plus, it's not just good for your family. When you join Thrive Market, they also gift a membership to a family in need, which is the greatest. So let's save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com slash truthtalks for 30% off your first order. Plus, you get a $60 gift for free. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash truth talks. Thrivemarket.com slash truth talks. Hey friend, you're listening to Truth Talks with Tara, a podcast dedicated to helping you know, love, and live God's word. I'm your host, Tara, and I am so glad that you're here. Each week, we'll dive into scripture together. We'll answer questions we all have about the Bible and about how to live for God, as well as learn from some of my amazing friends and guests. If you want to see how God's word can truly change your everyday life, this show is for you. My prayer is that we would all grow in our knowledge of God so that we can live boldly for Him. So, what do you say? Let's get into it. Welcome back to another episode of Truth Talks with Tara. It is always an extra special treat when I get to have someone from my real life on the show. It is a blessing, don't get me wrong, to have met so many people online and through their books and social media, but when I get to have someone that's mentored me or encouraged me in my real everyday life where I've had coffee with them or just like run in the same circles, it is so extra special for me and I feel blessed that they want to share with you and I on the show today. And so that is what is happening again today. I have my childhood pastor here on the podcast today, the pastor that I've really been taught by and mentored by and sat under his teaching for really most, if not all of my life thus far. It is such a blessing to be able to hear from him. Side note, I mentioned this in the intro of our conversation. Like literally I could listen to his voice all day. He has like the best radio podcast voice ever. So you're going to enjoy listening to it just for that reason. But today my good, good friend and dear pastor Stan is on the show today and we're talking about about how to deal with fear of the future, fear of the end times, how to really trust God with our lives and the uncertainties and political climates in the world, just encompassing our entire lives, how to trust God wholeheartedly and live here and now in the light of the end times, in the light of Jesus returning. How do we live out our purpose now while also keeping our eyes fixed on the fact that Jesus is coming again? 
This topic has been highly requested and I get it. There is so much going on in this world from just shifts in social climate, political climate, just honestly, just personal stuff in your life that makes it really uncertain. How do we live in this tension? How do we trust God? How do we not fear what's coming next and all these things? And so I really prayed about it and Stan was the person that I wanted to bring on today. And I pray this episode just encourages you as much as it did me. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Pastor Stan. Hey friends, thank you for tuning into another episode. I have been looking forward to this one because it's pretty special to me. I have my childhood pastor, um, my dear friend who I have grown up with um, on the show today, Stan Myers. I am really honored that you would be here, Stan. It's kind of like worlds colliding. It's been so cool to be able to talk about this conversation and to make it happen. So Stan, before we jump into the conversation, would you just introduce yourself to those listening and tell them who you are and what you do and just all those good things? Well, I'm a friend of Tara and that makes me a pretty special person. I I will tell (laughs) you, Tara, it's really an honor to be with you here on this uh, podcast and I've been looking forward to it as well. I'm... um, I'm a pastor in a local church. I've actually been a pastor at this particular church for 25 years. I love it. I absolutely love it. Before that, we were missionaries in Kenya for a few years, and then I was a pastor in my hometown just after graduating from seminary. So uh, we've had a, a variety of ministry experiences, but probably the most important thing about me besides my Uh, being a follower of Jesus is that I have a wonderful wife and a wonderful family. I, I, Mm. Mindy is my best friend. Uh, We've been married for 42 and a half years. And uh, I'm telling you the truth when I say that it's better today than it's ever been. Mm. And uh, we love each other deeply. Also, I've got three kids and two of them, or one of them is a missionary in Turkey and the other two live relatively close to me. And so we get to see them. Five grandchildren, which is my uh, great mm. delight at this time. So we, uh, we feel very, very blessed by the Lord. That's awesome. And you, you guys listening, anyone that knows Stan knows how much he loves his family and his kids and his grandkids. But what's really awesome is that anyone that you like, he comes into contact with his family too. And it's been really cool that I've, you know, we've grown up with Stan and gotten to be in a way, a part of each other's families. And it's really special. My, my dad is really good friends with Stan and my mom and Mindy. It's, it's been a blessing to be able to grow up with Stan and he's been my pastor, you know, and it's, so it's really, it's really cool to have him on the show. And side note, Stan, you need to like narrate, like, an audio book or, or something someday. Stan has the best voice. I've always thought this. I'm like, he just <laughs> has the best well, voice. And I was listening to you talk. I'm like, wow. <laughs> I will tell you, Tara, you're probably this way too. I don't think anybody likes to hear their own voice. So yep. <laughs> whenever I've heard my voice on a recording, I'm saying, how can people stand to listen to that? <laughs> yeah, I know. I feel the same way whenever I'm editing yeah, or whenever I'm doing of something. Course. I hate it. And even just side note, my dad, you know, we were watching home videos the other day. And my dad is like, I hate my voice. He's like, we got to turn this off. I'm like, no, I love it. <laughs> it's just your own voice for some reason. <laughs> I literally, until the pandemic, had never heard myself preach. Uh, and then wow, I yeah. had to watch myself preach because it was being <laughs> recorded and I had to watch it with my family and I was just cringing the whole time. So probably just like squirming in your seat. <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. Well, it's true, even if you don't like your own voice. But <laughs> uh, thanks for introducing yourself, Stan. And um, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. But again, before we jump in, um, I would love to hear something random that you're liking in your life. This yeah. is like a fun question yeah. that I get to ask people on yeah. the show. Literally had the craziest thing. So do you have something that you're loving? And if so, why? Yeah, I love a lot of things, but I will just tell you probably the one of the things that brings me the most pleasure is traveling to Turkey with my mm-hmm. wife and usually my daughter goes with us and uh, visiting our our children and grandchildren there, but it's not just them. We that's the that's the highlight, but I love Turkey because there's so many biblical sites and and uh, places to see that have a historical right. significance to the church and to Christianity. And I just love it. So we've gone several times in the last few years. We just got back a little bit ago and it was probably our best trip ever. It's, it's oh, wow. just a, a, a super, super fun uh, place to go. We love interacting with the people and the culture and have gotten to make quite a few friends, even though we're just visitors. So that's, mm-hmm. that's really fun for us. Oh, I I've always, I've seen the photos. I've, I've heard the recaps and <laughs> I honestly didn't realize how much, um, b- biblical like richness yeah. and depth Turkey had. And I don't think yeah. a lot of us yeah. do yeah. until you really yeah. hear about it. You're like, Oh my gosh, I didn't that's realize right. that a lot happened in Turkey. Cause right. I think people think right. of other places and kind of that's forget right. about that. That's right. Yeah. Well, there's so much that happened. And uh, this I just finished uh, preaching on the seven churches in Revelation 2 mm-hmm. and 3 at our church, all of which are in Western Turkey. And uh, there's it's uh, we've, we've visited some of those sites and plan to visit all of them eventually. But there's a lot there. Yeah, I know. I know my parents were slated, you know, to go on a trip, and you guys were mm-hmm. hoping to do a turkey trip. And Lord willing, mm-hmm. you guys can do that soon. Yep. Um, Absolutely. Oh my gosh, it looks beautiful. <laughs> I keep telling Michael, yeah. if we can do a trip like that someday, that would be the dream. You are most welcome. We'd love to travel with you. Well, hey, maybe that'll happen someday. (laughs) Well, yay, that was a fun favorite. I love getting to hear those. They're all so different from people, so that was really special. Um, Stan, I think this is a really cool time anyway. You mentioned just how um, the church had finished up a series on the seven churches in Revelation, and I think that's a really cool timing in a way for what we're talking about today. I have had Mm -hmm. a lot of people reach out and or just observed conversations in our world lately of people having fear of the future. I've actually had a conversation with one person in particular that really sparked um, the desire to have this conversation. Um, This sweet friend was really, really concerned about the state of the world and looking around at, at the government and just culture and what's happening and just really fearing what's to come. Like she was trying to say, oh, well, is this the end times is this this prophecy like just a lot of um a lot of questions and I don't blame her but it just arose a lot of worry in her heart and I think we all have felt that to some degree in our lives but even just over the last couple of years especially just with so much change in our political um, social climate it's it's huge and it's real and so yeah. it's been um, something on my heart lately and I'm like okay I definitely can't talk about it on my own and so I'm like um, it was awesome timing to be able to have you on the show to talk about it so today friends we're gonna be talking about 
just a little bit of a deep dive into um, just when we fear the future and end times and what scripture really says about that. We're not really going to get into what, <laughs> to what we believe as far as, you know, the tribulation. There's just so much in there. But I guess our hope and our prayer is just to give you um, peace and comfort and encouragement um, and hope uh, most of all about how we can live um, today, um, knowing that Jesus is coming back and sometimes the fear that is associated with that. So Stan, you have, I'm sure, spoke on this so many times. And I guess my question, my first question is, you know, have you ever dealt with fear of the future and end times? You know, even as a pastor, some people will think, okay, well, he's a pastor. She's, you know, this or that. And they don't deal with the fear because they know this or that. And so has that been a part of maybe of, of your story? And if so, are there any truths yeah. from God's word that you, that you really yeah. clung to? Thank you, Tara. Uh, the answer is no, I've never de dealt with fear because I've always trusted Jesus because I'm a pastor. So that's the way uh, that's the way it is. You know, you know, that's not true. Um, right, right. Tara, I, I think all of us deal with fear to some degree or another. I happen to grow up in a family where both sides uh, in my extended family, I'm talking about my grandparents on both sides, uh, all of them, all four of them really struggled with fear. Mm -hmm. And that fear uh, um, kind of percolates down the generations and so forth. And and I grew up uh, kind of being a fearful person and, and had to, to learn how to deal with that fear, even at an early age when I was making some important life choices. Yeah. But yes, I've dealt with fear. Um, I have been a believer, a strong believer since I was 16 years old. And so I've been um, really been a, a, a relatively devoted disciple since that mm -hmm. time. And the Lord, um, as he does with all of us, exposes things in our lives to conform us to Christ. And one of the things that he did fairly early on with me was expose that fear was a driving force in my mm -hmm. life that was really hindering me and preventing me from living the life that he wanted me to live and even um, stepping out into unknown circumstances where there are a lot of uncertainties and maybe insecurities mm -hmm. and to really trust him in doing that. So yes, I, I dealt with that individually. I, I will tell you that um, this is probably true with many of your listeners that uh, fear doesn't always manifest itself as fear. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. it manifests itself in a desire to control, a desire to even do things in the right way. Mm, there are many wow. people, for example, who, who uh, try to do good because they're afraid if they don't, God's going to punish them or something yeah. bad's going to happen to them. That's really a motivation of fear. Um, I, I remember in, in, in a, as a father, um, I came from a large family. And uh, as a father, when I had children, I had two boys, two years apart. And I uh, said to my wife, I don't think I want to have any more children because I want to love these kids <laughs> so much that mm -hmm. they won't ever rebel against God. I want to give them, I want to show them the Father's love. I want to show mm. them unconditional love. I want to give them my undivided. And I know that uh, 
that it's difficult to do that when you have a lot of children and you have to spread out your time. And, and I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll just tell you, um, fortunately, the Lord uh, dealt with me in that. And we ended up having a daughter six years later and, and she's the delight of our lives. Mm. But I will just tell you that ultimately I discovered my motivation was fear. I felt like I couldn't trust God to protect them and preserve them. I had to be the one that did that to ensure that they wouldn't wow. turn away from mm-hmm. God. And the mm-hmm. Lord showed me it's not that's that's not my responsibility. I, I right. yes, I should love them, but it's not to be love that is done out of a motivation of fear. So yeah. it, it fear crops up in some very interesting and unique ways. Yeah. And I, I really appreciate how you called that out and like fear, you know, really manifests itself in this idea of controlling things. And then mm-hmm. I also think in the flip side, you know, the opposite of what you said too, sometimes fear just cripples us to the point where we just can't do anything. And then we don't feel Absolutely. like um, even following the Lord, we'd feel like it's too complicated. It's like easier if we just kind of sit on the sidelines. And so there's That's both right. of those things that That's are- exactly right are really, I don't know, they just really compete with each other. And it's sometimes we, you know, we're people that, you know, maybe err on the side of more trying to control people or control mm-hmm. situations in response to fear, or maybe mm-hmm. we default to just not doing anything. That's and I right. think, you know, That's just right. that friend I was talking to, she was just mentioning how like, she just didn't know what to do. And so she just was kind of paralyzed. She's just like, I don't know what to do. So I'm not going to do anything because I'm so afraid. Yeah. And yes. um, I think that is something that's very real. And so just really, as we kind of talk more about this fear idea and just what it, I mean, specifically just kind of what it looks like to live here and now, just with how crazy the world is, are there any um, truths that you have clung to, Stan, just, you know, in your testimony of just dealing a lot with fear and um, just your testimony with that? Yeah. Well, I, I will just tell you much of scripture deals with fear because fear is so pervasive. By the way, I I also believe that fear is one of the enemy's favorite tools Mm -hmm. to try to either, as you said, paralyze us or try to get us to take control and do things and lean on our own understanding and so forth. But the scripture is full of stories and instruction, poems, poetry, Mm -hmm. all about dealing with fear. And so I've taken a great deal of solace and instruction from the Psalms. Uh, Mm -hmm. Some of the Psalms that are especially important to me and precious to me, Psalm 23, of course, which is maybe the most famous of all. Um, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down. And then it goes, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. And Mm -hmm. all of these things that go through are are, uh, just in the reminder that uh, that that if the Lord is indeed our shepherd, that's the key to not being yeah. afraid. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. 
2024 has simultaneously felt like the longest and shortest year. Our little family has gone through so many highs and lows and joys and valleys. I mean, Hunter's growing up so crazy and our calendars are so crazy. And this is usually the time of year where so many of us give up on our New Year's resolutions. And while some of mine have not panned out, to be honest, there are some that have. I am personally really proud of my consistent workout routine this year. It has been something that has been so off and on since having Hunter. It's also given me so much mental clarity to be physically active. I'm also really proud that I have instilled regular rhythms of rest in my life and not just rest when I'm burnt out, which was usually the norm. When life moves so quickly, let's just slow down and celebrate our little wins and move forward in faith and make adjustments for the rest of the year. This is your little mid-year check-in. Therapy can help you take stock of your progress and set achievable goals for the rest of the year. So if you're thinking about giving therapy a try, try BetterHelp to keep you on track. It's entirely online, so it flows with your lifestyle, and you can select a therapist that fits your needs and beliefs, but also feel the freedom to switch at any time to find the best match. Therapy gives you the space to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, and process it, which can be really hard on your own. So visit betterhelp.com slash truth talks today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash truth talks. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. I love Psalm 46, where he talks about... um, uh, he, he, it, it says, um, um, it, it talks about, oh gosh, let, let me just, let me just look at it really quick here. It says, mm-hmm. God is our refuge and strength and ever present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, even though the earth gives way, and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, the waters roar and foam, the mountains quake. And he's talking about some of the catastrophes that happen even today all over the Mm -hmm. world and the fact that god is our refuge and strength means that we don't have to be afraid and i am am so thankful for that of course i um i i find uh a lot of instruction in the new testament as well it's interesting tara that um the opposite of fear is trust yeah. It's trust in mm-hmm. the Lord. And the Bible says that that trust leads to peace and to contentment. And that is what the whole book of Philippians is about. Paul was in a circumstance. He was in prison. He was chained. He, he had uh, very limited exposure to friends and so forth. But what was interesting about Paul in that circumstance is that he could say, I am content either having a lot of things mm-hmm. or having nothing. I'm still content. And the reason for that is Jesus is my sufficiency. Jesus is the one that I put my hope in. 
And, right. and I love that. That's, that's in the, that, the context of, of, of Jesus' sufficiency led him to say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's not about uh, I can fly like Superman or I can right. uh, you know, be as fast as Usain Bolt. That, that, that simply means I, I know the secret of being content and it's trusting Jesus. It's mm. trusting Jesus. So he could say in chapter one, uh, for me to live as Christ and to die as gain. And I don't yes. particularly care what happens to me. Mm-hmm. I know for your sake, it's better if I remain, he said to the church at Philippi. But I would rather depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. His mm-hmm. mind was was focused on that eternal goal. And he had God's perspective about right. his life. And so that trust in Jesus, that trust in the Lord is the antidote for fear. Mm. That's beautiful. And it's sometimes, I don't know, I think a lot of things in the Christian life, we chalk it up to being cliche, like, oh, mm. well, God loves you or trust God or all these kind of things. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I, I think we hear it so often and we kind of just assume or just kind of de- declare it as cliche when it's actually the most fundamental right. things that we, <laughs> that we really, yeah. Yeah. I don't think we believe oftentimes. And uh, that right. idea of right. trusting the Lord is so central. I have like so many questions, but one thing I was thinking of as you were, as you're speaking is how do we live in, um, that tension of knowing that we need to trust the Lord and keeping our eyes fixed on the Lord. And yet, like Psalm 46 says, having so many catastrophes and so many things mm-hmm. like going on mm-hmm. around us, um, mm-hmm. political divides, social divides, um, just the, the gender idea, all of these other things that are just like yes. screaming at us relentlessly all day. Yeah. How do we, I mean, yeah. it's probably, it's, yeah. it's a big answer, I know, but like, what are some ways that, you know, either God's word or just in your own testimony stand that you've been able yeah. to keep your eyes fixed on the Lord um, when yeah. there's so much just going on? Yeah, thank you. That's a, that's a great question. And I actually, I, 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 I don't think the answer is very complicated. It could take a while to explain it well, but I'm going right. to try to be very simple and, and concise as I explain this. You know, uh, Tara, I have seen as well especially during the pandemic in the last couple of years and, and, and some of the even some of the uh, more catastrophic things that have happened in, in weather and disasters and so forth around the world. I have seen fear being exposed in people's lives who 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 never uh, displayed fear before. I, I, I think what's mm. really happened is it's always been there. It's just been yeah. underneath the surface. Because yeah. when our lives are tend to be in order and we tend to have a sense of uh, feeling in control of our lives and we, we don't have uncertainties, we know what's going to be happening, uh, we, we, you know, fear can, can lay dormant. But when something right. like the pandemic comes, the political situation, other kinds of things that are happening in the schools and all of that, it just arouses fear. And by the way, mm-hmm. um, that's that's the real us, I should say. That's right. the real us. <laughs> the other is just, you know, we're, we're going along and we're kind of maintaining and so forth. But when these kinds of things come along, that exposes who we really mm. are. And what I find interesting is that many of the people who have that fear um, try to <laughs> try to um, 
um, deal with that fear by being angry with other people or blaming right. or, mm-hmm. or calling people out or, and, and when ultimately uh, it's, it's a, it's an evidence of their own fear. I, I find mm-hmm. that to be true quite a bit, but, but what I would say is this, uh, that the simple solution to that is really mm-hmm. to have God's perspective, God's mm-hmm. perspective. Um, you know, something uh, for a, for a follower of Christ, this life is very brief in relation to eternity. Uh, the Bible calls us uh, aliens, strangers mm-hmm. in this world. This world is not our home. We're just passing through. Our citizenship is in heaven. And that's where we eagerly await a savior, Philippians says. So I, 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 I believe the way to deal with fear is to be vigilant about renewing our minds so that we have God's perspective about our lives here on this earth. Mm-hmm. Jesus said to all of us, his followers, in this world, you will have tribulation. Right. You will have trouble, mm-hmm. but take heart because I've overcome the world. Now, that does not mean when he says I've overcome the world, that he's going to preserve us and protect us in every situation in the way that we view that. Yes, he right. will ultimately, mm-hmm. um, but it doesn't mean we won't experience pain. It doesn't mean we won't experience suffering and those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. But it, what it does mean is that we can trust Jesus who says that he will be with us. He'll never leave us or forsake us. He will never let go of us. He will will always be in his grip. Tara, one of the things that I have discovered in my own life, but also with other people, is that um, when they are afraid of something, um, usually it's it's an evidence of not trusting the Lord about it, about, about that particular thing. But when that thing actually happens in their lives. For for example, Mm -hmm. I did have a son who rebelled against the Lord and was in the weeds for several years. That was my greatest fear. Mm -hmm. But I want to tell you, I want to tell you that it was during that time that God worked in me, Mm. not just him. He, that, that, that son is walking with the Lord today, but he was working in me to show me that even when my son was in the weeds, he could be, I could trust him to mm-hmm. do, to be at work in my son's life, even when I didn't see any evidence. Mm-hmm. And I believe trusting him and relaxing in him and resting in him is what pleases him the most, even when our circumstances are chaotic. Mm-hmm. And so it's really a matter of, of trusting the Lord, um, for, for, for all of this and, and, and not being, um, uh, you know, we're all afraid of pain. We're all afraid of heartache. We're all afraid of suffering. We're all afraid of tragedy and loss and those kinds of things, but realizing that the Lord not only sustains us during those times, but he actually wants to conform us to the image of Christ Mm -hmm. and make us live at peace Show us what real peace is, not artificial peace that comes from smooth circumstances, but a a real peace 
that, as Paul said in Philippians, passes all understanding because mm. the circumstances don't match it. <laughs> the circumstances right. seem right. to dictate that we should be afraid or anxious. And he says, no, that's peace from God because we trust him. Mm. We trust him. That's beautiful. I was thinking as you were talking too that something that God has been just affirming in my life, and then you just you just confirmed it in in what you were saying too, Stan, was that there are a lot of things in life that God purposes um, to bring about through our suffering. My mom even um, sent me a message the other day and said, you know what, the things that you're walking through right now, the really hard things, that God is still in that too. Not yeah. that God is yeah, someone. There's right. there's no evil in Him. There is no um, ill intention. Um, but right. He will repurpose the inevitable sufferings and trials That's in our right. life um, to conform yes. us to his image. And how good, I was just thinking about this, how good and loving of him to not waste the really hard times of our life. He, oh you know, my. he could very oh well my. decide, right? He could very well decide yes. to only work through the really good things and easy things. But he's like, I don't want to waste any anything <laughs> in your life. I want to take every opportunity, right, to yes. make you more like my son. And I think that is yes. so, so comforting. Well, Tara, I will add, I'll just uh, even add something to that. I, I believe that his deepest work is done in those difficult times, mm -hmm. those times yes. of uncertainty and insecurity. That's where his deepest work is done. I, uh, I remember reading A.W. Tozer probably 40 some years ago where he said, God won't use you greatly unless you've been hurt deeply. Mm, and, wow. and it's during those times of great hurt and and uncertainty and insecurity that God does his deepest work. That's been true in my life. I think it's true in everyone's life. Somehow he gets our attention at such times, or he wants to get our attention, I should say. Mm -hmm. And that's when our growth is accelerated. I don't, I, I, I know none of us want to have hardships. None of us want to have trials and, mm -hmm. and hard times, but I will just say they are inevitable, as you said, Right. they right. are inevitable and we should not fear them. You know, I, I think of what Paul said, uh, he was on his way to Jerusalem. This was after his third missionary journey. And he had gathered the elders at Ephesus in a, in a port town called Miletus. And, and, and he spoke to them there and he said something very, very interesting. He said, and now I'm on my way to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city, the Lord warns me that prison and hardships await me. Isn't that interesting? Wow. That's all he <laughs> yeah. knew was that prison was awaiting him and hardships. But then he goes on to say this, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me. Mm. If only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. Wow. Um, that is an evidence of real trust. By the way, um, 
every one of Paul's friends were trying to prevent him from going to Jerusalem because they knew even a prophet named Agabus came along and said, you're going to be imprisoned. You're going to be bound. You're going to don't go, don't go. They were begging him. Hmm. He said, no, I'm going to go because I know that's what God wants me to do. The Holy Spirit is leading me to do that. And I'm not afraid. Wow. And, and, and again, that's putting your trust completely in the Lord Jesus. Ugh, I love that. I think it lays such a good foundation. I need this message every single day, this reminder of mm-hmm. trust. And um, that it's not only something that we need to do in the really hard and difficult times, but just every day. Like just, I don't know, Stan, That's you've right. heard this many That's times. Right. My, my dad always tells me, he's like, Tara, he's like, you know, he's like, I'm not like this big Bible teacher or anything. And he's like, I, he's like I'm not... <laughs> My dad, he's not, he, he's very <laughs> humble. He's like, he's like, no, and I'm not very smart, which I think he's very smart, but he's like, he no, he's, he's like, I just take it simply. And I just say, Lord, I love you. And I follow you. And I'm going to trust you today. And he's just like, I try to do that every morning, just again and again, um, just restart every day and be like, okay, Lord, here's a new day. I'm going to trust you again today. Um, because I think when we That's get right. in that mindset that I, okay, I trusted God last week. I don't need to trust him again today. <laughs> it's every single day. That's and right. I think there's so much in that. Um, one more question that I had for you um, just has to do with how we live in this tension of, um, as believers, we know that Jesus is going to come back again. Um, mm, we've yes. read Revelation, or maybe we haven't, or we just know, um, we've read prophecies and, and you know other books of the Bible, or we've just heard that Jesus is coming back. And how, how do we really live? I think even for me, this is challenging. How do we live in the tension of um, making the most of our time here, as we're told in yeah. God's word? And living out mm-hmm. the great commission in the light of our mission, but then also yeah. knowing that Jesus is coming back. Because I think yeah. actually this question, um, it actually sometimes makes people anxious and makes people fearful. Yeah. Like, yeah. okay, I don't know how to live now yeah. because I'm afraid of what's coming in the future. Even as Christians, sometimes I know I have, I'm scared sometimes yeah. of what, what's going to yeah. happen, even though Jesus coming back is the greatest thing ever. And that's what yeah. we wait for. <laughs> it can be kind of scary. So how do we, do, um, do you have any insight on how we're supposed to live? in that tension of the here, the here and then then, you know? Thank you for being so honest, Tara. I, I will tell you that I think, I think you are absolutely right. We know that Jesus is coming back and we know that Christians are supposed to look forward to it. We yeah. ought to anticipate it with great eagerness and joy. But for many people, the idea of Jesus coming back somehow is not a uh, uh, a, a joyfully anticipated event, but rather mm-hmm. um, there's there's something. I'm not saying necessarily that there's a dread in it, but there's something that that um, doesn't necessarily make them look forward to that. My my wife Mindy was having a conversation with two very close friends just this last week who 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 just said, I I I'm not I'm not anticipating. I I don't. I don't look forward to Jesus coming back. And and they've been in the faith for many, many, many years. And some of them are even Bible teachers. It's it's just an interesting thing. I I will say to you that um, it shouldn't surprise us that there is fear about that. But I'm going to tell you how I think we can overcome that fear. And it's Mm -hmm. very simple. We, we overcome that fear by learning to love 
Jesus more mm. and more. And Tara, you brought up your dad, who's a dear friend of mine. And I will just say to you, he's one of my favorite people of all time. And he's <laughs> one of the people I respect the most. And I will tell you why. Your dad gets up at 4, 4.30 every morning <laughs> to spend time yeah. with Jesus and to put his trust in Jesus. And he's an elder at the church where I'm at. And, mm -hmm. uh, and I will just tell you, whenever he opens his mouth, I guarantee you it has to do with we can trust Jesus. We can trust him. Mm. We wow. can trust him. He's shown himself to be faithful. Your dad is famous for bringing up past events mm -hmm. that God has shown his faithfulness. And then he says, because he's done that, he will do it again. And, wow. and I will tell you that, that um, it's your dad's trust in Jesus. And I, I think mine as well comes because he loves him. Yeah. He's learned to love him. He spent time with him. He's, he's communed with him. He's gotten to know him through the word. And that's Jesus's invitation to all of his followers. Tara, I believe that we live in the light of the great commission and we live in the light of Jesus's return by loving him. And, 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 and loving him, it's, it's loving him so much that you would be willing to do anything for him. Like Paul right. going mm -hmm. to Jerusalem, even though prison and hardships awaited you, you would step out in faith and do that because you love Jesus. There's nothing right. you wouldn't do for him. Mm -hmm. And then secondly, uh, you love him so much. You cannot wait to see his face. That mm, is the climax wow. of the Christian experience. That's what we're all living for, is seeing his face. And I will tell you, um, worship is central, I believe, in, in helping to prepare us for the Lord's return, because <laughs> in worship, Jesus wants to peel back, as it were, the curtains of heaven and give us a glimpse of what is going on there around the throne where angels and saints who have gone before us are giving him their undivided attention and wholehearted worship. And when we enter into that, we're saying like, oh my goodness, I want to be there literally. I want to be there physically. I want to be, yeah. I want to see his face. And, mm. and, and, and so worship contributes to that eager and joyful anticipation of his return. Let me, let me just say something about end times because you alluded to this early on in yeah, our conversation. Yeah. We're not going to get into the theology of that. Obviously, when we read Revelation, you see all of these catastrophic events. And the question that many of the readers have is, am I going to go through that or not? Right, am I going right. to have to participate in this tribulation and this suffering and this, in this, these hard times, or am I going to be protected from that? And that, mm -hmm. that's really the wrong question. <laughs> the, yeah. the, the real question is, am I on Jesus's side? Because Jesus, yeah. the whole point of Revelation is Jesus wins. Right. In the end, he mm -hmm. wins and he gathers his people to him and we get to be in his presence 
forever and ever and ever. And that's the whole point. We get to be with him and receive from him the pleasure and delight as sons and daughters that he wants to lavish upon us. And and that's what I think we, 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 we need that perspective each yeah. and every day. I, I have loved Stan, your encouragement just over this whole conversation about just keeping the proper perspective on all of this. And this may be a very narrow um, thinking line of thinking on my part, but I just come back to this all the time. Sometimes I'm like, okay, like, do I need to understand everything about, you know, the end times or about this or that? And it's like, okay, number one, I could never. Um, number two, I think sometimes, not saying that we shouldn't read God's word, we should every day. We should just really sit and spend time with the Lord. That's how we're able to live this life and love God more. But I think sometimes we get so fixated on trying to figure things out that oftentimes we, like you said, especially when it comes to the end times, we really, we just plummet ourselves into fear. Um, We try to um, interpret things that aren't the way they actually are supposed to be. Sometimes it can be a little harmful instead of just sitting back and being like, okay, Lord, I trust you. I love you. Like you said, I want to be on your side. Um, Reveal to me what you want me to know and then help me not to fear what I don't need to know. Because there's a lot of stuff that God does not give us and we don't need to know that because he's got it, right? (laughs) You got it, girl. That is absolutely the way that Jesus wants us to, to have it. If somebody, by the way, if somebody ever says to you, I've got it figured out, I've got yep. the end times figured out, <laughs> don't believe him or her. Yep, they yep. don't. They do mm-hmm. not. I assure you. Yeah. It's complicated. And it's written in a in a literary genre called uh, prophecy or apocalyptic mm-hmm. literature that's intended yeah. to be ambiguous. It's intended to be uh, mysterious and and not to be necessarily all buttoned up and tied down it's Mm -hmm. there's a lot of unknowns the thing that he wants us to know is that we can trust him he wins in the end we're Mm -hmm. going to be okay ultimately we're (laughs) going to be okay and the the good part about it is tara that a million years from now nobody is going to be in heaven and gets get jesus aside and say Uh, Jesus, you know, when I used to live on that dirty little tennis ball called earth, do you remember (laughs) when I was going through that really hard time? Jesus, why did you let me go through that? Why did you allow that? I didn't, I didn't deserve that. And I, no, 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 no. We're all going to be looking at him, staring at his face and saying, Jesus, I can't believe I'm here. I didn't deserve this. I can't believe I'm in your presence. And I've been here already for a million years, but I, I can't believe this is just going to go on and on and on forever. Wow. Jesus, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's what we're all going to be like. I love that. Something that I've been thinking about in my own time with the Lord is how, how prone I am to overcomplicate some things and, Mm -hmm. Just and then in that in that same way, when I overcomplicate things, I, you know, I'm not keeping my proper perspective or focus on the Lord and just true worship of Him, and 
I just, I try to do too much when God's like, no, like just be with me, know me, the rest will follow. And that is exactly what I've been hearing from you today. Just that simple, simple yet um, powerful and bold um, calls to trust God, to love him, to worship him. um, And to know that if we're doing those things, he's going to guide us in wherever he, he wants us to be. That's Um, right. And we don't have to have it figured out, figured out, which is really hard for us to hear. But um, that's, right. that's, that's exactly where we're supposed to live because it keeps us dependent on Him. So With, stand. without that kind of faith, it's impossible to please God. So Amen. living yeah. living with the unknown and the uncertainty actually, and trusting Him really pleases Him. Mm, I love that. So, so upside down, but I love it. it um, yep. uh, yep. Stan, thank you so much for taking your time to be here. I mm-hmm. know life is busy and full, but I am <laughs> really honored that you'd be here. You're a very special person to my life and to my family's life. And so this has always encouraged me. Um, I've loved getting to grow up um, just under your teaching and your humility. So thank you for being on the podcast. It's such a cool honor. <laughs> Thank you, Tara. It's been my honor and my pleasure. And I just want you to know I, uh, I love you very much. And thank mm. you for inviting me. Love you, Stan. Thank you.